Welcome to Painting Corners, your weekly podcast for all things baseball. Now, here are your hosts, Austin Hartsfield and Dave Kwiatkowski. Welcome to this Monday edition of Painting Corners. Why are you getting an episode on Monday? Well, because the World Series is tomorrow, and we want to be able to comment on it without having seen a game at this point. So I want to start with a question. We're going to start like with a question most days, and it just makes everything easier because it helps us get into the show. It helps, you know, get everybody talking, get everybody involved. And uh, what's more surprising, Dave, the Michael Brantley Cats or the Nationals' utter domination of the St. Louis Cardinals? Definitely the Nationals sweeping the St. Louis Cardinals, considering that Andrew Benatendi made a better catch just last year in the same exact spot than Michael Brantley. It was a great catch, no doubt, but... The Washington Nationals just swept the St. Louis Cardinals. They've been to the LCS, what, five of the last nine years or something ridiculous like that. And they did it in dominating fashion. They almost threw, what, three no-hitters. And brutal. the last game of the series, they've scored seven runs in the first inning. I mean, that's they, they reversed what Seattle, Seattle, St. Louis did to a- Atlanta. So definitely surprising with the sweep. I thought that Washington was going to win that series. I'm pretty sure I picked them in like six or seven. I did not think it was going to be in four or five especially a sweep, but I think it's uh, much more surprising that they went on just steamrolled a good St. Louis team than Michael Brantley making a catch. Confession time, I picked the shit out of St. Louis, and it was utter depression the entire series watching that. Uh, Somebody that didn't pick St. Louis is Gabe Faulkner, third co-host of the show. Gabe, kind of what's the overview of the series for you and, you know, was it was that those four games better than that one Brantley catch? Uh, I gotta have to back Dave on this one. Uh, I think we all were expecting a six game or seven game series. I think we all um, said that in the preview show. Um, me and Dave both had the Nats and you had the Cardinals, but yeah, it was just an absolute cakewalk for the Nats. Uh, they just dominated in every aspect of the game, and it, it surprised me um, for sure. And Brantley's catch was pretty damn good. Um, but like Dave said, Dave said, Benatendi had one in like the exact same spot. It was a little uh, scary how identical the two catches were. But yeah, I got to go with uh, Nat's sweep. It was kind of just sad watching that because they just dismantled the Cardinals in almost every way possible. You know, the hitters had no chance of getting anything going. You know, you got to get hits to score runs. And it was literally impossible. I mean, Anibal Sanchez setting the tone, going out there and throwing, what, seven no-hit innings? I mean, the first two starters of the series between Scherzer and Sanchez had two hits. You know, and then you get Steven Strasburg out there just dominating. Sean Doolittle shutting the door and absolutely just not giving, you know, the Cardinals any chance at all. And they got to Jack Flaherty, which is something that we really hadn't seen for the past, you know, the entirety of 2019. Because, you know, during the Atlanta series, the Braves got to Flaherty, but that was more because of errors on the opposing side, you know. And there was a little Ozuna magic happening out there in left field, kind of costing Flaherty runs, but not to the extent that there was before. But forget the Cardinals. The Cardinals are done. The Cardinals are over. You know, we get to see the youth of, you know, Juan Soto, and you also get Victor Robles, who had a huge series at the plate and defensively. Uh, Which player was the most shocking to you guys this entire series? Was it, you know, just Anthony Rendon cementing an MVP case, or was it somebody else? I think for me it was just, I'll lump the starting pitching together. 
just as just to give kudos to them and just how amazing they were from top to bottom, from Sanchez to Scherzer to Strasburg. But I would probably say Rendon as the standout with a honorable mention to Trey Turner. I love Trey Turner. I'm a big Trey Turner guy. And he batted just about 300 this this series and played unbelievable defense. Rendon batted 400 and, like you said, cemented a what could be an MVP year with Yelich going down. But I think Yelich still wins that. But that's a different discussion. But the Nationals made it look easy, and they made Jack Flaherty look like early of the season Jack Flaherty because Jack Flaherty was not good the first two months of the season. He had over a four ERA. He was struggling a lot. He was not getting the swing and miss stuff that they that he's been getting here in, since the All-Star break and into the playoffs before the series. So really struggling there. I think kind of the opposite way of that, too, with how good some of these guys were, Robles and Soto and Rendon and Eaton and Turner, there were some guys that, like, yeah, they weren't the best, but they did their part. Man, St. Louis can't hit the ball. And they had problems with that at the beginning and of the season, and it really crept back up with them because – Besides Martinez, did anybody even come close to hitting? Not really. I mean, you know, we're talking about guys submitting their case. You know, when we talk about playoffs, I feel like one of the names that always comes up is Clayton Kershaw, just because of the lack of playoff success. You know, you had a guy last year in David Price shattering those demons of the past. This year's David Price, to an extent, is Max Scherzer. I mean, you know, he's had one rough start, but since then... He has been absolutely just flat out unhittable. And when you're a guy like Max Scherzer with the with your legacy on the line, with the city on your back, watching a team that has never been to the championship series under the Washington Nationals name, and you go out there and you just flat out dominate like that, and not only that, but you have teammates behind you in Corbin, I mean, who has obviously struggled this postseason. He's kind of the weakest link to this point. But and another teammate and the absolutely flat-out dominant, showing what he could do possibly his entire career if it wasn't injury-riddled in Steven Strasburg. More impressive this offseason, this postseason gave Steven Strasburg's dominance or Max Scherzer's shattering old demons? Um, I have to go with a little bit of both, just because they've both uh, stepped up in a big way for the Nationals, because if they, those two aren't on, you know who knows where this team would be right now. They, they could be uh, uh, at home watching... Um, the Dodgers and the uh, who are we? Who's even the Astros playing in the World Series? So, um, yeah, I, I gotta go with both. I mean, you gotta give both guys credit. Um, Scherzer's went out there and grinded every uh, start, and so has Strasburg. Um, you can't really ask much more um, from the two of them. I mean, you know, has anybody had more to do with this Nationals run than Howie Kendrick? No, uh, I mean, besides Rendon, probably not. You know, he's the Steve Pierce of 20, 2019. Yeah, he is. It's a really good analogy for it. You know, you just, you know, pulling his team out whenever they need it, just getting hits whenever they need it. I mean, the oldest NLDS MVP, I think, it, NLCS MVP in history, I think they said, or in the last 30 yeah. years or something like that. 36 years old, and he's out there balling. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's crushing it. It's not what do you have, like four four doubles in the um, NLCS? Huge he batted 333 doubles. with over 1,000 OPS. Jesus. Not bad for... Uh... For an old man there, and even and speaking of old man, Ryan Zimmerman had a great series. You know, going, you know, he ended up with batting two fifty, which looks bad, but he went zero for four in the last game when they were up seven nothing, and that's what really did him in. Before that, going into game seven, uh, going into game four, he was batting well over three hundred. He was crushing it. 
But, man, they just got hitting from everybody, and it's something that the other series in the ALCS that we'll get to that just didn't happen for one team. But, you know, their catcher batted 400. Robles batted 375. Howie Kendricks, Rendon, Trey Turner, Eaton had some timely hits. I mean, the only person that really struggled was Soto. And he had a pretty good night that the game four, he ended up going two for four there. So he struggled. But if you get him going in the World Series, they're going to be in trouble. I want to give a shout out to the GM of the Washington Nationals, Mike Rizzo, solely because I crucified him last year at the deadline for not selling off guys like Bryce Harper and some other veterans that they should have gotten rid of that they didn't even resign. Harper being the big one. You knew he was going to come back. You threw him $300 million over 10 years. He said no. He signs for 13 years, 330. Clearly just didn't want to be there. The money difference is almost nothing in that case. And if anything, he hurts himself because of the three-year extra cap at the end of it. But he didn't. They kept him. They held on to him. And they held on to their GM. This year, he goes out and makes some very sneaky good moves in having Hudson come in at the trade deadline and bolstering that that bullpen, and he had a great year, keeping some guys out there, having Robles play all year, having guys like Howie Kendricks in the lineup still on the team, keeping Mr. Nat around, having those things, big props to him for what could have been a huge disaster and set the franchise back. It actually helped them and made them go forward by getting rid of Harper and bringing in guys like Patrick Corbin and Daniel Hudson and all the other guys he brought in in free agency in the trade market. You know, before we get into the World Series, but I just have to immediately give a shout-out to both of the GMs in the World Series currently between Jeff Lunho and Mike Rizzo, two guys that built their teams significantly differently and just managed to get there, and in, in the Astros' case, to get there again, you know? After a series of three-year runs to where, if you think about it, right, Think about the teams that have won World Series. You know, it's always like, oh, this team is so young. Think 2016 Cubs, right? Like, oh, this team is going to be around for like the next, you know, five years. Cubs teams have kind of faded away. You know, that Sox team didn't rebound this year. Like everybody, not even rebound, but, you know, repeat this year like everybody thought they were going to. And obviously there was significant situations there, but... Kansas City Royals never got back after their winning there. New York Mets absolutely just fell off when, when, when getting there. The only exception to this rule was like the 2011 to, I mean, the 2010 to 2015 Giants. And even then, after that, they fell off. So the ability for Jeff Lunho to build a team after tanking, obviously, which is what they did forever, which I don't understand why Astros fans are like, we should get rid of tanking. Why? Because you were so successful at it, and now you want people not to be able to do it? But... You know, just props to Jeff Lunho, especially, and obviously props to props, uh, props to Mike Rizzo, too. So, but let's get to the less, I mean, I guess more interesting series of the two. I just say less interesting series because I'm biased as hell. But let's go to this Astros-Yankees series. Kind of an interesting series because all the momentum changed with three pitches in game two. I mean, am I wrong there? We talking... Phantom check swing, and then uh, called strike three. Yeah, I mean, it was, uh, you know, definitely a game changer. Obviously very early in the series, so it definitely didn't dictate the series. And I will say the umpiring was terrible in this series, where I think last year's ALCS with the Red Sox in Houston, they actually had very good umpires. 
And as of an hour ago, Angel Hernandez will not be an umpire in the World Series, which is amazing because he is the Thank worst God. umpire in the league. But Joe West is not as well, which actually surprises me because I think Joe West is the best strike zone in, in the majors. I don't know if that's a hot take. He's I a horrendous he first does. base umpire, but he is he's, he's pretty good behind the plate. Terrible he's good behind the, the field. Plate. Terrible in the field. He's very good up behind the plate. The thing that Joe West is very good at, he might be the best crew chief in all of baseball. He knows the rules inside and out. And you've seen it in the replay era with the Mookie Betts play in right field, very similar to George Springer, who just missed it in the top of the ninth inning with DJ LeMahieu this year. And you saw it all the way back in 2004 when A-Rod hit Bronson Royal's hand, out, uh, hit the ball out of his hand. That was Joe West who made that call way back when. The guy knows baseball. Terrible on the field, terrible when it comes to outs and plays at the plate or you know plays at first base, bang, bang, plays. But when it comes to you know just straight up, Balls and strikes and knowing the game, I think he's one of the best best umpires in the league. But anyway, moving on from that, each side had bad umpiring times in this series. And I don't know if one way got it worse than the other. But when Houston tied it up in game two, you kind of, at least for me, I took that deep breath. and I was like, okay, Houston's kind of back now. I think they're going to start to roll a little bit. Yeah, I mean, they got good hitting out of pretty much everybody in the series too. Outside of a guy like... MVP candidate Alex Bregman weird um you know Guriel finally kind of turned it on in the end uh in game six but you know outside of a guy like Jordan Alvarez every single person in that top of the order hit you know Altuve just what an absolute phenom man just Altuve's unbelievable you can't say enough about what Jose Altuve means to baseball at this point you know, what he means to young kids. I mean, seeing somebody that small. I mean, I know Pedroia was that guy for me growing up, and I'm sure Altuve will be the guy for guys now. I mean, even guys in, you know, the generation right after me to where he's an inspiration because I'm not very tall. And, you know, when you see guys your size on TV, it's very inspirational. It's pretty cool. Uh, a guy that is a dark horse candidate, and I think that is the X factor to the Astros actually winning the World Series. Michael Brantley had a great series. You know, we talked about the catch, but, you know, he hit 304 for the series and had some big timely hits. But, you know, the Yankees gave away a lot by allowing a lot of walks. I mean, Yankee pitching just, you know, it's one of those things to where it's either on or it's off. And one of the most horrendous cases of that is Aroldis Chapman smiling after Jose Altuve <laughs> takes him to town. Gabe, what was your reaction after you saw Chapman's pearly whites, after you just ended the Yankee season? Well, here's the thing I had a problem with. Um, he throws an above 100-mile-an-hour uh, fastball that most hitters cannot touch. Um, but he, he tried to get cute, and he threw two back-to-back 86-mile-an-hour sliders to Altuve. Um, and Altuve's one of the smartest hitters um, on that Astros team, and he can pick up on that. Uh, if he's sitting on a pitch, it's going to go far, and that's exactly what he did. And then the smiling, just it it uh, brightened my day up um, just because I, I hate Chapman um, and Ozuna for that matter, but it, it's it was just uh, it was fun for me to watch. Um, I mean, Dave, what was your kind of reaction to seeing that on TV? It was one of those things where I, I'm with Gabe on that, where, you know, it was actually a perfect ending because you had one woman abuser blow it and then the other woman abuser blow it. So, like, that's cool. Nobody like, wins. You know, 
Chapman kind of like shot a gun at his girlfriend. Like, you know, he's kind of an all time scumbag. And it was nice to see him blow it from a human perspective. From the game's perspective, though, the smile, it wouldn't have bothered me if he was walking off and laughed it off. Because what do you do? You know, like when people say tip your cap, the smile is kind of a tip your cap thing. It's like, God, he, he got me. He beat me. Oh, he did. But he just kind of stood there and he was like, huh. Like, yep, that's really just kind of get off the field there. But I, I do get, I do cut Chapman some slack there because it was kind of like a shock moment. It was like, huh, like, yep, that's that's definitely gone. We definitely just lost. Definitely. This could be the last time I step on a mound as a Yankee. This kind of sucks. So I give him a little credit there just for the smile. But I think he just lingered around a little too long for a lot of people's liking, especially Yankee fans who were like, dude, like everybody just ran off the field. You just kind of stood there looking like an idiot. But like you were saying, Austin, the hitting for the Astros, it was more timely than, than anything. Springer didn't have a good series. Correa didn't have a good series. Guriel didn't have a good series. But when they hit the ball, they hit home runs. Guriel had an unlucky series. I think he went like 40 straight at-bats without a strikeout. He just keeps hitting the ball right to people, unlike Alvarez, who's just been terrible, who should have been pitch hit uh, at-bat earlier. I'm, I'm surprised A.J. Hinch didn't do that in the first place. But – they got timely hitting along as with guys like Altuve, Brantley, and Marisnik, who were pretty steady. So that's a good sign for them going into the World Series that they have guys hitting steady. And then when they are making contact, they're crushing it. On the flip side of that, the Yankees, not only was their pitching off pretty much all series, Adam Adovino, who could strike out Babe Ruth every time, can't get major league hitting out in this era because he just stunk pretty much the entire postseason. It will the ALCS. But the Yankee batters outside of DJ Mayhew and Glaber Torres were terrible, like Judge included. And you kind of got to look at how they're constructing their team. You might want to get away from the guys that want to bat 240 and 250 and hit 40 home runs. I don't know. Just a thought. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody needs to start going towards OBP. And when you look at a guy, you know, this team is literally built on the long ball, it seems like. You know, playing in a little league ballpark helps too, but... You know, roster construction is something that's always fascinated me with the Yankees because it seems to change with the era. And this is the first time, the first decade ever since 1910 that the Yankees will not win a World Series in the decade. And that's that even one of the most fascinating things I've ever heard. Like, despite who you root for, that is a fascinating statistic. And it's just kind of insane. Oh, I mean, the Yankees are very good at baseball and historically as well. Gabe, what did you think of the series from the Yankee side? Obviously, we know that Houston pitched very well, and they got very good good timely hitting as of you know home runs by Altuve there to end it. But what did you think of the Yankees and Correa and Springer and Guriel? What did you think of the Yankees, and how could they – what can they do to get over the hump? Well, I think um, they just kind of got unlucky this series. Uh, props to them for jumping on Verlander in uh, – what is that? Was that game five? Yeah, game five and in New Green, York. And Green yeah, the, pitching sh- the pitching showdown because Paxton actually looked really good that night too. Paxton looked good. Didi got the big hit there, three-run home run. That was all Verlander gave up really was that home yeah, run. That's all. Pitched, those uh, were the last runs of the game. Yeah, that was it. Didi just got a nice swing on it and sent it out. Yeah, and and I mean, I guess um, there were a few poor managing decisions. Uh, Surprise. Uh, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that and then – I what I don't get is why did they keep Giancarlo on the roster when they could have brought on uh, a bat that you know could have helped them um, you know 
get some hits. I mean, he just was another guy on the bench. I I, I just don't get that. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, I'm. Yeah. I mean, awesome. What do you think? I, I'm right there with Gabe. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't make sense with Stanton on the roster. I think that's just an Aaron Boone thing. And and to be fair, I I'll give Boone a little credit. Um, you know, he's definitely good for the 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 boys out there. You know, you don't hear anything badly said about him anymore. You know, the first year they were a little tough on him. He's but better than he was last year. Let's put it that better way. Better than he was last year, which, you know, isn't hard to do, but he is better. You know, I saw a tweet. I forget who it was from, but it was something like – it might have been Carabas from Barstool, but it was something like Aaron Boone went to and talked individually to every single player in the clubhouse after the game before they left. And that's just like a good management thing to do. Not every manager is going to do that. Not every manager is going to go around personally, probably everybody that that time, maybe they get him on the plane and he says something, maybe he says something in the, you know, at the end and it's like, Hey boys. And he goes up to CC or something, but you know, good to see that. But maybe Brian Cashman didn't want Stanton off the roster because it would have shown a little weakness there. You know, if I'm the Yankees, I try and move on from Stanton in a heartbeat as well as some of these big, you know, you know, big hitter guys. Like I think DD needs to go. I think Edwin needs to go. I think they need to move Gary Sanchez to, to DH because he, he's not that great of a catcher. And once again, terrible in the postseason. Just not yep. good. He's bad at 130. You know, he's just not good in the postseason. They need to let go of Brett Gardner. He had a terrible postseason after having a career year that started very hot and trailed off towards the end. And I think people kind of didn't notice that. But looking at guys like LeMahieu, who they're only going to have for one more year, but Judge, Torres, Andrew Hart when he gets better – uh, Geo at third base. Those are the kind of guys you want. Clint Frazier, who's just rotting away in AAA. They need to bring those guys up and play them and stop going to get guys that just hit home runs and swing with their eyes closed. Yeah, Frazier has attitude issues. That's my thing. That's exactly, at least what I've heard. Yeah, he's got Yankee attitude issues, though. I feel like he'd be fine on the Red Sox or fine on the Astros. And, and, and to Clint Frazier's defense, I guess, is when you're that much better than the rest of the competition around you. And when the Yankees whole mentality this year was, you know, quote unquote, next man up and you're never the next man to get called up. I'd be kind of pissed too. Outside. Now that the Yankees are eliminated. Now that the Cardinals are eliminated. It's kind of time to look back on the Giancarlo Stanton trade and the Marcelo Ozuna trade. And, you know, I, I I still like the Ozuna trade. Uh, Ozuna's going to be a free agent this year. Uh, he he performed really well, actually, and kind of was a postseason hero when he needed to be at times during the you know the first the first two or during the Braves series at least. Uh, you know the Braves offseason they trade D Gordon, they trade you know, that Marlins offseason they trade D Gordon, they trade Giancarlo Stanton, they trade Marcelo Zuna, and they trade Christian Yelich. That's the topic for next week once we don't have a World Series to cover, so we can go more in depth into that. So that's a little bit of a preview for next week. But uh, it's time to talk about the Foolish Baseball World Series. Why am I calling it the Foolish Baseball World Series? Well, let's think about it. If you know Bailey, and if you watch Bailey's Foolish Baseball videos on YouTube, you know that he's done a video on the hype machine Steven Strasburg, Washington National, hitting machine Juan Soto, who is ridiculous, and then the best inning ever, Justin Verlander's and his most popular video. And, uh, you know, that's just a shameless plug for our guy Bailey. So Yeah, you should be watching him if you're not. But... It kind of is the Foolish Baseball World Series. And, and with the World Series, Gabe, who do you think is going to win the World Series and why? Uh, Astros, just because uh, I just feel like they have the better team. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if the Nats won either. Uh, they're hot. 
Um, it, and in the postseason, that that's all it takes is one, one team getting hot. So if the Nats can carry um, their momentum over, I'd like to. I'm. It's going to be interesting to see how they play in Game One, just because they've been sitting for a while. Um, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Nats uh, stole this from the Astros. Probably the best pitching matchups that we'll ever see in World Series oh, yeah. history. Like oh, Game One definitely. is Max Scherzer, Garrett Cole. But before we dive into that and give our complete predictions, we have to introduce a guest and our uh, Degenerate Gambling segment because it's a World Series, and what would a World Series be without a little bit of gambling? So this next segment right here is with our good friend from formerly live from the 815. Now that the finale is over after reaching 100 episodes, it is Colton St. Vincent, and here we go. Colton, what do you think about this World Series, and what do you think about this you know, Chicago Cubs list playoff so far? Well, Austin, first off, great editing. Uh, You're really good at cutting one clip and putting it next to another clip. You are insane. Congratulations. Number two, I was on as a preseason gambling uh, preview, and I got exactly one of two correct uh, World Series teams and one team. I honestly didn't realize that they would suck so much ass. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm talking right now. That's that's the most important part. I didn't <laughs> know that they were that they were going to run the um the the offense or have like the the hitting drills were really just suck ass. So that I didn't realize that the Cubs were going to be so bad. And and uh, what do I think about it? It's awesome. How about that? How's that? I just love sports and baseball. And as long as we don't talk about football, I'm feeling great right now. Yeah, this is uh, this is painting corners. This is baseball, so we're all good. Painting we're corners, football free. All yeah, right. but no, um, sweet. Because uh, I there's been so many cool moments and so many like clips that are gonna live on forever. So this playoffs rule, and I this is the first MLB playoffs I am winning money on. So let's do this. Isn't that ironic that the Cubs aren't playing and you're winning money? That's because when you don't bet with your heart, it's a lot easier. I'm not. I'm not that smart either. So like betting with my brain's not like anything else. Yeah, right, that's true. But you bet the odds, and some of these odds are actually pretty good. I'm liking them. So yeah. So let's get to it. You guys, you guys kick it off. All right. So let's go ahead and start out with just series odds in general. You know, we're gonna start with Colton. Colton, who do you like in this series, and how many games? I think this is gonna be a bloodbath. If this, <laughs> <laughs> this series has the exact makings of, like, a Red Sox-Rockies World 2005? Series. Yeah, thinking? where it's, yeah, just, like, there. you can point to, like, a Rays World Series where the team makes a huge Cinderella run, they get to the World Series, and, uh, and they're up against a huge favorite, huge favorite. Everyone's like, you know what? They've got this far. The Astros are going to smoke them. Easy. <laughs> I would be shocked if it went to six games, and that's why I put... Uh, heavy money on both Astros sweep and Astros winning 4-1. Um, 650 for the sweep plus 500 for 4-1. I'm feeling pretty good there. Dave, what are you thinking here? Um, I am thinking that I'm going to take the over in multiple games, including game one. I think that... How many games, come damn out. It. Oh, how many games is going to be? We're going to get there. Oh. Um, I would put two bets down, and I would do... Houston in five, and the Washington Nationals in six. I think you're insane. Gabe, what are we thinking here? How many games? Who wins? Houston in five, easy. 
Yeah, I got I got Houston in five, and I think I might you know just sprinkle Houston in four, just because it's plus eight hundred on the thing that I have in front of me, and I really like eight to one odds. Who who doesn't love eight to one odds? So let's put it that way. You said sure. Nationals in six. Yeah, yeah, he's insane. And here's why. And here's why. I know you just said like a Colorado thing. We're like, oh, they're coming in and not supposed to be here. They're hot. This team, by the way, that I picked to win the NL East to start the year. And had high hopes for, You're as wrong. well as picking Pete Alonso correctly for um, rookie because of the year. Because Fernando Tatis basically died. That's oh, why. almost only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades, and yeah. this is either. So what? What else did I get right? Oh, Houston getting there. So I've been right for a lot of these things so far. Houston is very good. They're probably going to win this series, but Washington has gotten hitting from everybody, and they're pitching is just as good as Houston. That is, is correct. They're starting pitching. Starting pitching, but. The Scherzer and Strasburg's arms are going to fall off of their bodies. They haven't pitched as much Cole's as Houston. very good at giving us outlandish takes. And if you yeah, remember but Strasburg and Scherzer hasn't thrown a lot. He's, he's, he's probably going to have to in this uh, World Series because their bullpen is it's nauseating. It's garbage. It's so bad. Their middle, their middle bullpen's terrible, but Hudson and Doolittle are fine. All right, so the Nationals averaged 5.3 runs a game during uh, during this postseason run so far. Astros only averaging 3.7 runs a game. And guess what? It's still going to be a bloodbath. And I hate the city of Houston. This is not me being <laughs> biased. Like, if I was being biased, I think I would say Astros in six because I still can't convince myself that the Nationals can win this series. I mean, can anybody give me a way that the Nationals win this series? Gabe can. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Okay. So here's here's what okay, here's what's here. gonna happen. Yeah. So, um, Corbin, Strasburg, Scherzer all go out and dominate. Soto, Rendon, Zimmerman, Kendrick, all those guys. Robles. This is baseball. It's, it's not a Disney movie. Well, well, here they've been they've been playing out of their minds, and if and if the Astros <laughs> if the Astros can somehow fall apart and the Nats keep on playing. Yeah. Yeah. The Nationals are going to win. Gabe, Agreed. you cut Agreed. out. Agreed. I think that there might be a podcast, Jesus, that basically just told you to shut up. There was. Agreed with everything that he just said. With that being said, Houston in six. Yes. Your. I still. I still say Ash. I still say Ash in five. Astros. You just asked me to lay out a scenario. Yeah. yeah no, that's no a I agree. scenario. I agree. And you just wrote the. Have, the whole, Houston's going to win. You just wrote the script for Field of Dreams three. Like, and there isn't even a two oh. yet. I was going to say, well, it's who's going to be when the Yankees play the White Sox. Oh, God. Oh, God. Let's talk about the inferior Chicago team. This series could look like the 2005 World Series. The last time prior to 2017 that the Houston Astros got to the World Series and got absolutely slaughtered by the likes of Juan Uribe and Paul Canerco. Scotty Pods. Uh, all right, guys, let's go ahead and think about this now. Total home runs hit in the 2019 World Series, 13 and a half. Colton. Oh God, I math. Oh. Under. 13 and a half? So you're telling me, well, as I buy time right? right now, you're 3.375, that's all my head, home runs per game. Colton I'm going to go well. under. That's easy money. I'm writing that down right now. Oh, God, not that again. I agree. Under. Oh, please don't say easy money. I just did, and I'm going to again, because I have written down all my bets, and they are all easy money. 
the only thing that's scary is playing in Houston, but they're only going to have two games in Houston to start it because Washington is a lot harder to hit home runs in because we joke about Yankee Stadium being a Little League park. Houston's kind of a Little League park, too. If you put a putter on a tee, you could probably hit a ball out of Houston. Yeah, I mean, the Crawford boxes and right field are 350. It's better than Yankee Stadium by far, but it's not much better than other places. I agree. I'm, I'm with the under here. I think there's too many good starting pitchers in this series. And, and not enough hanging it's only breaking balls. Four games. Yeah. Where can I bet that? I want to bet that. Yeah, that's pretty. That's a pretty good one. Thanks, Bovada. Gabe, what do you think? Gabe's dead. All right. Cool. Under, under, under for sure. He's <laughs> back from the dead for this easy money. <laughs> that's. I I have to agree with Colton here. That's that uh, that that's got to be easy money. Like, there's no way. Uh, I'm about to slam my microphone if we keep saying easy money. It's like the most superstitious thing pocket. ever. Ugh. All right, total run scored 44 and a half. This is the hardest under I've ever heard in my life. Right? 44 and a half. See, the thing is that if this game's only going to be four or five four or five game that's series, like I'm everyone's saying. saying, it's like every just take the under and everything, and just and triple up your bets because there's no reason to say over home runs, over this and that when you're thinking Houston's going to sweep. Yeah, exactly. Just take all the unders. Because <laughs> that all yeah, this is going to be awesome. This is awesome. Student debt is going to be gone in four games for me. <laughs> all right, so <laughs> if this series somehow miraculously goes seven games, right? Because that's how math works. They would have to score six, six and a half runs a game in order to reach that total. They're not doing that, right? I don't. I don't want to say they let's are. See how like, many, let's see how many runs they have to score in order to make it four runs a game. To make it four games. They have to score 11 runs a game. That was easy math that I definitely just did with a calculator. <laughs> what an idiot. <laughs> I also did it on a calculator. 11.125 to be exact. Vegas always wins on the half. All right, so that was a hard under. Everybody's got the under on that one, right? Yes. Yeah. Right, let's get into some people where there's like odds and actual shit. Yeah. Odds of a sweep. Yes is plus 600. I mean, yeah, the Nationals can do it, right? Who is mowing their lawn? <laughs> My neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> it's October. It's October. It's 6 o'clock at night. What is going on? Honestly, it, it could just be somebody driving from their house for this neighborhood for all I know. <laughs> shout out to, shout out to any, any listeners in um, West Dallas, Wisconsin. Yeah. Odds of a sweep. Wisco, baby. Is this My a sprinkle? College. Is this it a sprinkle is... for that? No. No, I already, put, I already put hard money down. I'm not sprinkling. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking the Astros sweep. I mean, I think Astros are going to win, but they're not going to sweep Strasburg, Scherzer. I mean, what if we don't get – what if we get DS Scherzer? It doesn't matter. You're not going to get DS Corbin. You're not going to get all of them to be bad. All right, so no sweep? I don't think so. I think this is a sprinkle. I just have a hard bet. Yeah. And I have I have Astro sweep at, at, at plus 650, so I'm feeling pretty good right now. For people that don't know, Colton doesn't sprinkle. He pours. Yeah, and that's uh, that's probably why I've ended up here in West Dallas, Wisconsin, where people drive lawnmowers from house to house. Gabe, you have confidence in the Nationals, so I'm guessing you're not sprinkling? <laughs> no. All right, cool. Moving on. This is a sprinkle for me. Odds a pitcher throws a complete game. Yes is six to one. What's no? Uh, minus minus a thousand. Okay, I was gonna say if it was only a couple hundred, I'm betting a no for sure. Then Verlander, or then Cole goes out there and throws a fucking no hitter game one. Yeah, right. That is tough because, like we've been saying, you have six, seven guys in this 
series that can go complete game. Interesting. Yeah. I might sprinkle in case I've just every other one on here I'm blowing. You know what's crazy is if that said shutout and it didn't say like a singular pitcher, it's much easier. Oh, yeah. I would bet that for sure. I'd sprinkle that. Colton's got the World Series MVP odds for us right now. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, Colton, and I have the World Series MVP <laughs> odds. All right. Um, just off the top here, we got Altuve plus 700. Bregman, 8. Cole, 8. Scherzer, 950. Uh, Verlander, 1,000. Rendon, 1,100. Uh, Springer, 12. And Strasburg, 12. Do you guys have any other ones, any other inquiries? I want Michael Brantley. Brantley is on the list at plus 1,500. That's 15-1. That's pretty good. I'll, I'll take Cole from the Houston side, and if the Nationals end up winning it somehow, I would probably take Rendon because it's a smart bet. But if I was going to take Howie a pitcher, Kendrick I would again. take Strasburg. Cowie can't be wild. Is Howie Kendrick. Kendrick is plus 2,000. Oh, I mean, look who won it last year. Anybody remember? Huh? Steve oh, Pierce. Remember who won it last Nobody. year? Everybody remember Steve who won the ALCS? AL, that that Maybe one? Maybe Jay? Yeah, thanks. Nobody cares, Dave. I am probably the biggest Red Sox fan on this podcast. I'm so I, – I knew that so fast. That was awesome. I just want to say that my favorite outfielder is better than Austin's favorite outfielder. That Those are just facts. Your favorite outfielder is Kyle Schwarber? <laughs> no, he's a DH stuck in the outfield. Hey, he was a – he had like a plus 01 uh, fielding more this year. So <laughs> uh, there's crazy Joe Mad getting things yeah. done again. Egg on your face. Hey, thoughts on. No, hang on. I like yeah, this is. You want dark horse? Here's a dark horse. Trey Turner plus 2,800. If, yes. if he just dinks and dunks and steals some bases and makes some diving plays out there. Yeah. If he just Zobris, is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. If he just bats 300 and just plays defense, yeah. Didn't Alcides Escobar win the World Series MVP for the Royals or something? Uh, I think so. I wow. don't know. Yeah, I think so. It wasn't was, a big thing. That wow. is so weird to think that they even won a World Series. If yeah, they went to back-to-back. Back. Yeah. Well, they beat the Mets, so I don't even think that we should really count their World Series. Uh, that Mets team was so good, though. Yeah, they were also the Mets. Yeah, that's why they lost. I mean, you know, if I told you that the over-under for game one, right? Six and a half? It's six and a half, and then Houston minus one and a half. And why is it six and a half, question mark? Because you have, if everybody's so confident in Max Scherzer right now, you have Garrett Cole, who is the best pitcher in this entire playoff so far, and then Max Scherzer. Is there really going to be seven runs scored? No. No. Unless... They're going to score 24 runs tomorrow somehow because we shot our mouths off. This is going to be a seven-game offensive blowout series. It's going to be insane. It's going to set – They're going to score 44 runs in two games. Yeah. Yeah, Max Scherzer alone will have seven RBIs tomorrow. (laughs) Ooh, ooh, I forget about that. I forget the pitchers have to hit. Like, what if Garrett Cole launches one into the seats? What if Garrett Cole gets beamed and can't play? Ooh. That was depressing. You know, it's crazy. We haven't said Justin Verlander's name outside of World Series MVP odds. Does anybody think that he has, like, a a huge, like, chance to win the MVP? <laughs> it's not what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> oh, All right. Wow, that's something. Huge chance to win MVP? That. Yeah, I yeah, I already uh, already said that is that is my bet. At, Verlander? At plus 1,000. Yeah, plus 1,000. Thoughts? 
Uh, I mean, I like that, but if I had to go an Astros pitcher, I'm still going Garrett Cole. Spoiler alert, Zach Greinke. Nah. Zach nah, I don't, I don't see that happening. You want to talk about Corbin being bad. Has Greinke been good? Greinke's trash, but, you know, I feel for the guy. I, I mean, don't I'd see him on the guy. board right now, if we're being honest. Huh? That's rough. What is the lowest name on there, Colton, that you can see even having a remote chance of winning the world, winning the World Series MVP outside of Trey Turner? The lowest one on this list is Jan Gomes at plus 4,000. Is that the lowest of every player? Yeah, that's that's the lowest on this board. So, Suzuki batted 429 in the NL, uh, NLCS, so yeah. maybe. Point. I mean... The thing about the MVP, though, it's so, like... Jordan Alvarez? Jordan oh, is plus 1,500. Yeah, he's he was he batted like 040 in the ALCS. So yeah, he had one hit. I think six and a half. I think he, I think you take the under in game one. Yeah, 100. percent Especially with Houston coming, like they just played a lot type deal. Yeah, so they're tired. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Here's two other bets that we haven't brought up that I have. Okay. One bet that I have been nailing all postseason is what's the first pitch going to be, ball or strike? And you heard it here first, ball is plus 155, and Garrett Cole is definitely going to throw a ball. So, bam. Um, and then second bet is for game one, Astros score first at minus 135. That is just me feeling it in my bones. That's just a fact. My line just switched to seven, by the way, for the first game. I'm hitting the under right now. Join the club, man. Welcome. You got any other crazy bets? Those are all the bets on my card. Um, I get so depressed every single like World Series because my gambling brain doesn't realize that we don't have a coin flip. And <laughs> that's yeah. like the thing that I want to gamble on most. Or who yeah, wins the jump there's ball? No, yeah, there's no uh, Gatorade and all, all that stuff. That's depressing. But, but that's one, what the first pitch ball is for. I don't know if I said this in the MVP uh, race. Sprinkle on Strasburg at plus 1,200 if the Nationals are going to win the series it's going to be a, a scherzer or strasburg like mad bum type run here's the thing do you think is there an odds there for a losing team mvp this isn't lebron james if lebron james had the goddamn series that he had against the warriors and didn't win didn't win finals mvp i don't see it happening in baseball. well it happened in hockey a long time ago when the ducks lost in the finals uh their goalie got the MV, the con smite because he had I think he averaged like a goal a game and they still lost. Jesus, it was something ridiculous. But like say say they lose in seven, but Strasburg pitches twenty six innings, gives up a run. How the motherfucker gonna throw twenty six innings? That's what I'm saying. Something absurd. That's a shit. Ton, that's a shit ton of innings. He goes. He throws seven in the game one, seven in game four, seven in game seven, still and he only gives at up twenty one. Austin's not good at this hypothetical stuff. Colton? <laughs> yes. Okay, so this is what happens, is that Madison Bumgarner, when he won MVP in the World Series, he not only pitched three starts, or it was what, three starts in, like, and, like, and like he closed with like a five-inning um, yes. relief appearance. That is what's going to happen for, like, for Strasburg to win this MVP. He and starts getting walked off? I don't know, man. He starts game two, he starts game four, he starts game six, and he um, relieves in uh, uh, game seven. Who cares? All right? Yeah, could happen. Yeah, it 
But yeah, this has been the uh, Painting Corners gambling preview. This has been an absolute success and definitely nothing went wrong in this entire thing that we had to edit out. But uh, I want to thank Colton St. Vincent, formerly from Live from the 815. Uh, R.I.P. Now retired. 100 episodes strong, though. How many times can... How many people in this world can say that they did a podcast for 100 episodes? Probably thousands, but we're going to picture it in our head that there's like five of them. There's five. Yeah, it's me... It's Joe Rogan, it's Big Mark Marin, and Big Cat and PFT, and that's it. Here's the thing. It's like, how many people can you fit inside a Fenway Park that has had 100 episodes of a podcast? I bet you can't fill Fenway Park. There you go. I like Just that. like, how many MLB players have there been? Only 19,000. I think we're at like 60 episodes. Yeah, we're on our way. That's the most amazing baseball stat to me in the world is that there's only been 19,000 MLB players. That is nuts. The game's been played for over 100 years, and there's only been 19,000 people. That won't even fill half of Fenway Park. <laughs> That's actually odd. That blew my mind. <laughs> just just think right now. Close your eyes. Think of the Washington Nationals. Think of game, game three. At home, only 19,000 people there, because that's how many people played in the MLB. Yeah. 